We love this town. It's a good place. We love it here. There's like a peace of mind. Oh, yeah, that's funny. It's nice. It just feels safe and secure being in denial. Living in denial works for me. Denial Ohio, a television and social media public service campaign, is the outcome of a collaboration here in central Ohio addressing the ongoing opioid crisis, where a fictional Ohio town is living in total fantasy, which leads to its inability to take addiction seriously. Yet, just this past week, we heard that life expectancy continues to trend downward in central Ohio, in large part because of the effects of addiction. While adults are struggling, however, Denial Ohio addresses the fate of kids in Ohio by calling out parental delusion. On today's episode, we talk with one of the leaders of the Denial Ohio campaign to get an update on how it's gone and where it's headed. This is Prognosis Ohio, WCBE's healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Ohio University health policy professor, Dan Skinner. So this episode addresses something I've had a lot of thoughts on and been working on for a few years now the wave of opioid addiction here in Ohio. As you may know, Berkeley Franz, my colleague at Ohio University, and I published a book earlier this year that uses Ohioan stories to rethink how we approach addiction, and the recent opioid addiction crisis in particular. Having had the opportunity to travel around the state and talk with Ohioans from all sorts of backgrounds and regions, I was interested in Denial, Ohio, not only because it was everywhere, and it really was everywhere, and the imagery and messaging seemed to have an interesting backstory, but I was curious why denial in particular was the focus. I also wanted to talk about the campaign's origins, what we know at this point about its effects, and the coalition that led to the efforts to get it out there. This is why I was happy to be able to talk with Chad Jester. Chad's the Vice President of Corporate Citizenship and President of the Nationwide Foundation. His responsibilities include leading Nationwide's national philanthropic investments, associate volunteer and workplace giving programs, education initiatives, and civic engagement. The Nationwide Foundation is a nonprofit private foundation and one of the largest corporate foundations in the U.S. Chad's nationwide career began in 1992, during which time he served in several corporate citizenship and public affairs positions. Prior to joining Nationwide, Chad was in public service with the City of Columbus, the Office of the Mayor, and the Columbus City Council. So he's a real Columbus guy. In addition to his work with the Nationwide Foundation, Chad's list of nonprofit board work is a virtual who's who of Central Ohio, including the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium, Nationwide Children's Hospital Foundation, United Way of Central Ohio, and many others. As a political scientist myself, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Chad earned his bachelor's degree in political science and history from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Before turning to my conversation with Chad Jester, though, I just want to remind listeners to please subscribe to Prognosis Ohio wherever you get your podcasts, and to please be in touch with us on Twitter at, at @prognosisohio and by email at prognosisohio at gmail.com if you have any comments or suggestions for themes or guests for the show. We'd love to hear from you as well if you're interested in providing some really affordable underwriting support for our show. Okay, now to my conversation with Chad Jester of the Nationwide Foundation. Chad Jester, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We're here today to talk about the Ohio Opioid Education Alliance's uh, multi-million dollar effort to prevent youth drug abuse through awareness. And most of this work has been centering on this advertising campaign that I'm guessing by now most of our listeners have seen in some way uh, the Denial Ohio campaign. 
it's a really extensive collaboration. There are a lot of different organizations involved. We're going to link to that in the show notes so people can check that out. But I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about how this came about, you know, the design and, and, and the focus on an advertising campaign specifically. You know, it's, it's really interesting, Dan. As you know, Ohio has really been at the epicenter of the opioid crisis for many years. So in the public sector, every local community in the state of Ohio has a plan. They've been developing plans, executing plans, mostly about saving lives. So when someone is addicted, um, really to ensure that they're getting treatment, they're getting support, they're getting the naloxone application. Um, but what we found out is there wasn't a lot of effort around prevention. Mm. So the Adam H. Board here in Franklin County uh, had a plan that they put together, and a prevention campaign was part of the plan. And as we were working with Adam H., um, we said, we'll take the plan, that um, element of the plan on and work on a treatment and prevention uh, campaign, a PSA campaign. Something I've talked with a bunch of people about is just that we were so busy reacting to the crisis that many people only are now starting to really be able to have the capacity to do prevention. Yeah. So when you're in crisis, you're responding, reacting and trying to save lives. You're not thinking about the next generation so much. So as we got into the research, that really became our focus was the next generation and preventing the next generation of addicts. So this work is uh, highly collaborative. As I mentioned, you have Private, public, profit, nonprofit. You have, uh, you know, ev- everybody from White Castle to the Ohio State University to nationwide, uh, the nationwide fo- uh, foundation, of course. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what's it like to be at a table with so many different kinds of entities who all care about this issue? Yeah, it's really interesting. On this initiative, everybody that we've reached out to has wanted to be part of it because we've all been impacted. Family members, friends, our colleagues uh, who we work with and their families. So uh, when you wear a white hat on an issue as difficult as addiction um, and say, help with this prevention, be engaged, um, everybody that we've reached out to from public sector, private sector, nonprofit education community has said we want to be part of this work. Yeah. The ad campaign, which is known as you know, Don't Live in Denial, Ohio, or just Denial, Ohio, it urges parents to not live in a kind of fictional city that this group has created of Denial, Ohio. I'm guessing, you know, as I mentioned, um, and I've seen some of the data that you now have showing that it really has reached pretty far around the state. It struck me, though, there were a number of different concepts we could have focused on here. Denial is an interesting one. Like it's it's a negative framing in a way. It's saying you're not seeing something that's there. Can you tell me a little bit about how you landed on denial? Yeah, so our our marketing team here at Nationwide really took on the PSA campaign, and they worked with our national ad firm Ogilvy. And one thing that private sector marketing does extremely well is research. So yeah. we did consumer research and a lot of it for a number of months, and we tested concepts. We met with families who've been impacted by addiction. The Denial Ohio concept tested extremely high. Mm-hmm. So people were saying in the focus groups, yes, we have been in a state of denial. My kid is a good kid, yeah. gets good grades, you know, has great friends, but they are susceptible 
to the prescription opioids that are throughout the state of Ohio. So yes, I've been living in a state of denial. We also wanted to make sure the families who've been directly impacted embraced the idea, didn't yeah. find it offensive um, that we were saying they were in denial. They actually said the opposite, that they fully supported the campaign, the concept, and they were thrilled that somebody was trying to do something uh, to prevent other families from going through the hardship and the pain that they had experienced. And in denial, and in my my language choice there of calling it negative, all I really meant was to say that you know it's it's calling people out a little bit and saying we've got to wake up, we've got to look around us a little bit more. And I noticed also, and we're going to play some of the audio during the, this episode just so folks get a little taste of it. But uh, my understanding is that some of the language itself, some of the script itself, came from those focus groups. Exactly. So as you uh, hear the ads or see the ads, and you hear the actors talking about my kid is a good kid, gets yeah. the good grades that I just mentioned, that came directly from the focus groups. So again, the brilliance of the marketing was taking the parents and the caregivers' comments and focus groups, putting them directly into the ads. So the focus here is on parents specifically, and I find that interesting. One of the things that I've learned in my work around the state with the opioid crisis with the the book that my colleague uh, and I published was that actually, you know, I mean, parents are one piece of it. And also the missing generation of parents who are, you know, incarcerated or who are who have passed on. We've and, and also kids have kind of risen to the top for me as a, a kind of hero of this kids who really want to protect their parents. Parents are also dealing with addiction. So I wondered if you could just talk a little bit about the importance of, of directing these advertisements at parents specifically. And are there other groups as well that might be part of the conversation? So think about parents and caregivers. So the caregiver could be the grandparent, mm-hmm. could be an aunt, an uncle, a coach, somebody who's in the child's life as a main influencer. Mm-hmm. So it's a chance for adults to engage with young people. This a crisis has impacted so many Ohioans. We really wanted to be focused on the effort and from a marketing standpoint, needed to have some discipline. So we locked in on kids. We locked in on the next generation. Then we found statistics out like two-thirds of teens get opioid drugs from friends and family. Yeah. Right. So the drugs are within the household. We also learned that talking to your child at any age from elementary school all the way through high school can be highly impactful to dissuade them from trying uh, opioids or illicit drugs. It's amazing that just talking to kids there's a lot of data showing that A, it doesn't happen enough, and B, it's really effective. Yeah, so uh, on the site, don'tliveindenial.org, we've got resources there for parents and caregivers to go and, and find out how to talk to kids. What are the right messages? Very different talking to an 8-year-old versus an 18-year-old. And we're going to link to that as well on the show notes for the episode. So this campaign was conceived back in 2017 or thereabouts, right? And it's interesting, you know, when you think about here we are at the end of 2019 on the verge of 2020, hopefully we're in a different place with this. But your data also shows that parents, caregivers dramatically underestimate the vulnerability within their own home still. Like we know that the message has gotten out. We know that people are open to the idea that they're missing something. But they also, when they look at their family or their home, are not quite getting it. So what's next? I mean, how do we how do we move that marker even further? Yeah, so the level set on the campaign is really interesting too. It's not an awareness campaign. People are aware we have an opioid crisis, mm-hmm. but the data has shown us through the research that uh, households think it's somebody else's problem, somebody else's risk. So the call to action of talking to kids and 
getting rid of your prescription drugs appropriately or properly securing them is really the action statement that engages consumers much more so. So again, with uh, recent polling that we did, we found that households here in central Ohio and throughout the state actually know about the opioid crisis even more so. They know mm-hmm. there are things they could do, but again, they think it's somebody else's issue. Right. So we need to keep shifting that mindset with the campaign. So most public service announcements, when you, when you see these ads, they are uh, well-produced, high-end public service announcements. And that's not typical of all public service announcements. You have actors, you have a real script, you have a real production value here. Was that important to Nationwide Foundation and to the Alliance? I mean, in making sure that you had that, uh, is there something about this issue that you needed this to be really buttoned up for it to communicate effectively? Absolutely. So the research informed the creative, and we went through the usual nationwide discipline of creating ads that we would do for our own products. Um, So we used professional actors. Uh, We used directors we would use on the nationwide ads. We wanted it to come across to consumers as highly engaging, but action-oriented. So it's really a PSA campaign, a public service announcement campaign with private sector backing, support, and discipline. But at the end of the day, it's a public-private effort. Right. When you watch these ads, I mean, we've talked a lot about opioids in the state for a couple of years now. Uh, more than that, but really intensely for the last couple of years, even when this advertising campaign was, was being put together. And there are a number of issues that have risen to the fore, you know, about affluence, about race, about is it every community? And there is this narrative that, well, every you know, no, nobody's exempt from this. And of course, at some level, that's true. But how did you go about producing the imagery? I mean, I noticed that there is an attempt to really show that there are different kinds of communities around the state, and, and I'm sure that you're careful about it, but I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about sort of the, the behind the scenes on that. Absolutely. So as you look at the ads, you'll note that the actors are black, brown, and white, and that was purposeful. The settings are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It's really meant to reflect that the opioid crisis has impacted all of us, every race, every gender, uh, families from ge- different geographies here in Ohio, rural, suburban, urban. Nobody's been immune, and we wanted the ads to really reflect our communities here yeah. in Ohio. Ohio, so people could connect uh, to the messaging. But mainly the the focus and, and we ha- and looking at your data about the outcomes, it seems like Franklin County, Central Ohio is the place where we've had the most saturation of the message. I mean, that's where Nationwide Insurance is. That's where the Nationwide Foundation is, is housed. But, you know, it, it is kind of interesting that people don't know that there's a lot of diversity geographically, uh, a lot of different ways to live in Ohio. Yeah, so Central Ohio by media markets, 20 counties. And in those 20 counties, we have a lot of Ohioans who live very different lives. And again, uh, geography-wise, we've got folks who are in agriculture to living in the suburbs to living in urban areas, just not downtown Columbus, right? So we've got cities within uh, the 20 counties, which are much smaller. And again, we wanted to reach everybody. So we found from the research, so far, we've reached about 50% of those households in the central Ohio 20 counties. And then statewide, it's about 25% of households. So paid social media is statewide wide and then we're heavy up in central Ohio with broadcast media. So moving forward, what what are the next steps with this particular campaign? 
Well, it's really important to us that we do consumer research at this juncture in the campaign. We wanted to know the campaign was working. Again, not awareness, but taking action to talk to kids, dispose of your meds. The research came back and really blew us away. Mm -hmm. It was so positive. So the reach has been extensive. But when people see the ads, they are talking to their kids. They're being much more cautious about their prescription meds. But we need to go deeper in the marketplace. So 2020 is going to be another great year for us. And we're going to keep at it, go deeper engage various communities uh, within Central Ohio, keep expanding the alliance, which was really created to support the campaign. But we're activating 80-some members right now of the alliance and reaching their audiences, their yeah. employees, the people that they serve. So it's multifaceted in so many ways. I mean, it's one of the big concerns is you get, a, you get a few data points showing. I mean, Franklin County actually had a little bit of an increase, right? Montgomery County had a little bit of a decline. There's just a little bit of a whack-a-mole kind of thing that happens around the state. But I've always been concerned as a public health person that we're going to get some data points saying, okay, things are, are trending right, and then everybody's going to kind of you know, go away, and the alliance is going to disband, and we're going to say, hey, good job, and applaud. Uh, but I'm, I'm gathering that that's not the approach here. It's not the approach. We really have a laggard effect or a ripple effect that's going to impact our young people. So we have uh, more kids in foster care in the state of Ohio based mm -hmm. on their parents' opioid use than we've ever had before. We have more kids in kinship care than ever before. So we're tracking that information. Uh, the media has been great about calling out the dangers and the loss of life that we've had in the state, but the impact of addiction goes far beyond loss of life. So every person who loses their life uh, their lives to addiction, uh, there's an estimated 130 people who are fighting addiction each and every day. So as we administer more naloxone to save lives, we have more kids in foster care, there's a lot of different elements to this crisis that we need to be paying attention to. So just one final question. You know, these ads are, and this is really kind of a a way of taking the opioid crisis and maybe expanding our thinking a little bit. Uh, these ads are directed at this opioid crisis specifically, but you know there have been other crises in the past. There will be other crises in the future related to addiction, related to other forms of social challenges, injustice. You know, whatever whatever your issue might be. I wonder, you know, do you think the idea of denial applies broadly? Like, what are the causes of denial? And, and how do we think about that as just a general concept, even beyond the opioid issue a little bit? Yeah, it's a great question. I think denial does apply in a broader way. So the risks to our young people are multifaceted. It's everywhere, quite frankly. So as you engage with a child about the dangers of substance abuse and misuse, it's really not just opioids. It mm -hmm. can be alcohol. It can be other illicit drugs. You know, vaping's been in the news quite a bit. Right, methamphetamines. Uh, methamphetamines, absolutely. Yeah. So it's really everything in that genre when you talk to a child. Uh, prescription meds are legal meds, yeah. right? It's one third of people we found in, in central Ohio actually hold on to the medicines much longer than what they should. Yeah. So if they have them for a surgery, they should get rid of the meds following the surgery. The longer they're in the household, the more of a risk to they and the people that uh, might be exposed within the household. So we do think denial's got a lot of legs to it, meaning the impact is much broader than opioids. So I know you work specifically within the Nationwide Foundation, part of this extraordinary complex we are here that everybody knows, Nationwide Insurance here in Columbus. It struck me as you were talking, you are also using the language of insurance in a way. We're talking about risk, denial. I mean, when people sign up for an insurance policy, homeowners, whatever it might be, 
we we know we know that people dramatically underestimate what they might need sometimes. I teach a lot of, about insurance to medical students and about how the average person thinks about what their health needs might be when they're looking at a health insurance plan. I know I know that nationwide insurance and the nationwide foundation work with the opioid situation or not, you know, I mean it's not because it's an insurance company, but there's a real kind of intersection there for me just about how we think about risk in our lives and about how we protect ourselves and how we deal with vulnerability. You know, it's a great call out. Before we became engaged in the community on the opioid crisis, we'd spent five, seven years working with our own employees and their families on the topic. And the mindset is really reducing risk, right? Reducing the risk in your life, um, living a healthier life, obviously misuse um, and abuse of prescription meds or illicit drugs um, increases your risk of having an unhealthy life. So when you think about the campaign, it really is about reducing the risk. You're exactly on point with that. Um, So we can have a healthier community. Our next generation can be more free of this crisis than what we've had. But it's not just about the moment. It's also about the future and how we're preparing our young people to live a healthier, happier future. Well, now I've got myself thinking a lot about this concept of denial and risk and thinking about it in a little bit of a different way, which I think is a sign of a good conversation. (laughs) I think so, too. But but also a place where maybe you want to just call it a day so that you can end on a good note. (laughs) But Chad Jester, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it was great talking with you. A big thanks to Chad Jester for taking some time out of his busy day to talk with us. Also, thanks to Lindsay Shapiro for helping us to arrange the interview. Prognosis Ohio is hosted by Dan Skinner and produced by Dan Skinner and Mark France. You can subscribe to Prognosis Ohio through WCBE's webpage at wcbe.org, where you can also find the show notes for this episode. While you're there, if you get a chance, take a look at some of the data we talked about, which shows what Denial Ohio has been able to accomplish and about what the plans are moving forward to extend its reach. All of that's up on wcbe.org under the Podcast Experience tab. You can subscribe to Prognosis Ohio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and really wherever you get your podcasts. We'd really love it if you could leave a positive review so we can continue to grow the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at prognosisohio and email us your suggestions and feedback at prognosisohio at gmail.com. Again, as we continue to grow the show, building a foundation for ongoing conversation about important issues in health and healthcare here in Ohio, we're looking for some financial support. If you're interested in underwriting the podcast to bring attention to your product, your event, your cause, please be in touch. I assure you we're worth it. Thanks again for listening to Prognosis Ohio. I'm Dan Skinner.